0: This is the weekly sermon from Church of the Holy Trinity, a Reformed Episcopal parish of the Anglican Church in North America in Houston, Texas. Please join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Visit us online at holytrinityrec.org. Find us on Facebook as Holy Trinity Houston, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram as Holy Trinity REC. Enjoy the sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. And I was gentle today. This line from King David in the aftermath of the murder of General Abner speaks of God's grace to sustain him even in the worst of trials. Previously, after making peace with Abner in the first part of this chapter, Joab arrived at the scene after Abner had left. And as we read, Joab lured Abner back and murdered him out of revenge. Abner, in the first battle of this civil war that had been going on now for years, had killed Joab's brother, even after warning his brother to back off repeatedly. Joab simply could not let it go and took vengeance upon his rival. This was a difficult moment for David, a critical moment for David. From a secular perspective, David could have taken advantage of this murder and openly praised Joab for hastening his ascension to take the throne of the entire land of Israel. In Christ's resurrection hope, we are called to meet setbacks and dire moments as David did, with grace, love, gentleness, and patience. This morning, let us take comfort and hope through Jesus Christ alone in the midst of our trying times to resist the temptation to sin. Let us look to the example and call upon each and every one of us in Jesus Christ to a life of gentleness, even in the face of adversity. In verses 22 through 30, we read that Joab was very unhappy about David making peace and meeting with Abner. Essentially, out of anger and a desire for unauthorized revenge, Joab leveled false accusations against the character of Abner before the king. All of these, of course, are meant to discredit Abner in the eyes of David. His real purpose was an attempt to give justification for the murder he was about to commit. Despite David's work to make peace with Abner, Joab did not care. He did not want to properly pursue peace through reconciliation. He ultimately sought not peace, but worldly dominance over enemies to secure David the throne over the land. The way of this world is to crush our enemies by elimination, to make room for those that we want in power. This is how Joab operated, but as we know from David, it is not how he operated. Such Joab-like approaches to Christianity are extremely dangerous. They seek to do God's will by secular means, political craftiness, persuasion, and so forth. The resurrection of Jesus almost becomes a politicized slogan to achieve victory by secular means rather than by trusting in the power of Almighty God that subdues enemies even to the heart, as David sought. Through love, grace, and forgiveness, flavored with long suffering. We must take care in our lives of faith of how we reply to external pressure. We must be careful in how we even spread the gospel. Do we take David's approach or do we take Job's approach? The David approach, fulfilled by Jesus Christ, is that of patience and seeking the best even for our enemies. The Job approach is that of impatience, wanting the very worst for our enemies and dominance through every sinful means possible. This section ends with David speaking out against Joab and his family. Instead of punishing Joab as those he had punished before that had boasted of killing Saul, he rebuked this family. He started his retort with the sharpest of reproaches, deflating any hope that Joab had in his pride that David would praise him. David said, I and my kingdom are forever guiltless before the Lord for the blood of Abner the son of Ner. He then spoke out against Joab, calling down curses upon his household. Even though Joab would remain in the service of King David, he would always be under suspicion as a man that David knew God would not bless. David waited on the Lord and his timing and how he would deal with Joab. The last part of our lesson today speaks of David and his followers' next step of mourning and the burial of Abner. Verse 31 states, Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David followed the buyer. Now a buyer was a movable frame on which a corpse or a coffin at that time was placed before a burial, and it was taken to the grave. In this particular instance, in chapter three of Second Samuel, we read of the only instance in the Old Testament of a full description of a burial. David approaches this time with gentleness and love. He requires the very man that murdered Abner to participate in this funeral. It was David's way of teaching a well-needed lesson of humility to his general. David, as we read, wept and lamented over the grave of Abner. His words of lament in verse 34 are most gracious. Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. As one falls before the wicked, you have fallen. The result of his song is what we read at the end of verse 34. And all the people wept over him again. We read that the people tried to persuade David next to eat while it was still daylight. And David answered with these gracious and humble words, God do so to me and more also if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. His demeanor was seen by the people to mean that it was not his will at all to have Abner put to death. Often the events around us are tests and temptations for us to sin through what comes natural to us. In such situations, self-defense with endless words and even sinful retribution. Instead, David was gentle in his action, gentle in his words, mourning the loss of this man with deep and sincere crying and lamenting. Such takes great patience when we more often than not want to set the record straight through our words. David did say at the start of all this that he was guiltless, Yet he did not dwell upon this through more and more words. Rather, he backed his words up with sincere action. Too often we can defend ourselves through too many words while doing little to nothing in terms of backing our words up. Our call in Jesus Christ in light of his resurrection is gentleness. As First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 reminds us, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. David approached Abner in this spirit when they were making peace. Job did not. The assurance of resurrection calls us to a different mindset and how we interact with the world around us. We are called to cull any hints of secular methods that are contrary to God and his word. If our political worldview calls us to curse our enemies and even to destroy them, we must submit to the greater and superior call of King Jesus to pray for them, to love them, to forgive them, and to even mourn over them in death. Our epistle stated today in 1 John 5, 5, Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? We often, due to the secular influences around us, look at overcoming this world quite differently. David overcame through belief and trust in God alone. He went the opposite of how the world taught him to act. The world, the flesh, and the devil teach that overcoming the world is not through faith, but rather through our votes, through force, through self-defense, through power, through reason, through logic, through thinking, through debate, arguments, technology, and many other abilities. The pull is always to get us to trust in ourselves and our actions to overcome the world and leave Christ to the wayside. The natural place for us to turn in our time is through our system of government, which can give the false impression that the course of our country is in our hands, not God's. It is our faith in Jesus Christ alone that overcomes this world. This simplicity causes many to stumble with excuses. If the excuse that is based causes us to lack faith in Jesus Christ, that Jesus is not king over all, then we need to repent and submit anew to Christ the King everything must be done in submission to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ alone, from the way we vote to the way we treat our enemies. If we disobey Jesus in the name of securing power, we need to repent. The way of resurrection is the way of redeeming all relationships that have died through the various results of this fallen world. The way of redeeming dead relationships is by the love, grace, and patience given by God in Christ alone we do not have the power to overcome. Our call is to approach even our enemies through gentleness, praying for, for reconciliation and peace, as David and Abner agreed upon in the first half of 2 Samuel 3. Even when th- sinners thwart or attempt to thwart our faithful actions, our call is to remain gentle and full of prayer and hope in the resurrection. Our Lord's resurrection assures that all we do in Jesus Christ will be blessed for all eternity. Our goal every day is to present Jesus to the dying world around us, offering his peace that surpasses all understanding, and his peace by grace through faith that overcomes this world and assures us of eternal life. Let us pray. Almighty Father, who hast given thine only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification, grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve thee in pureness of living and truth through the merits of the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.